Bounce. Uh-huh. You already know what it is. We everywhere. Limousine dreams. Cavalier cream, yeah. the ride with a boss, yeah, she gotta be a queen. I kept it troller from the jump, jump. her people was a chump. chump. He maxing credit cards, I stuff a mattress with them lumps. You my girl, you my girl, boss. you gotta say it twice. See a Gucci down, all green and red stripes. Bag to the dress, and logo on the pets. Shit suit with her, she solo on the set. I'm going for the neck, neck. you gotta know it's next. I touch her body till she whisper. I touch your body till she whistle. I kept it trillin' and I last. Still peeling cash. I know that you've been waiting for it. I'm waiting too. In my imagination, I'll be all up on you. I know you got that fever for me, hundred and two. And boy, I know I feel the same. I can't put you through the room. Touch my body.
need to keep all of these bad habits. I have way too many one nights, yeah. I keep messing up my love life, yeah. I love love, I'm just bad at it. I just can't escape all of these bad habits. I have way too many one nights, yeah. I keep messing up my love life. If you yeah. knew, I bet I wish that I could love you, baby. I keep messing up my love life. If you knew, I bet I wish that I could love you, baby. Up my love life. You take me back and then I lie to you again. I slipped into the DM of your best friend. Oh God, I didn't mean it. Shoot this, I only messed up because you seen it. When I say I love you, girl, I swear I really do. I did some things to you, I knew it wasn't cool. Oh God, can you forgive me? I mean, look past all of my Forgive me. Really so now you gotta me. pray just when you pray for me. Make a way just a little bit. Today I finally figure it out. Don't know what all these emotions about, baby. I love, love, I'm just bad at it. I just can't escape all of these bad habits. I have way too many one nights, yeah. I keep messing up my love life, yeah. I love, love, I'm just bad at it. Can't escape all of these bad habits. I have way too many one nights. Yeah. I keep messing up my love life. If you yeah. do, I bet I wish that I could love you, baby. I keep messing up my love life. If you do, I bet I wish that I could love you, baby. I keep messing up my love life. I can't get it right. I must stick with you. I want your love. Nobody gonna take me higher. I must stick with you.
with a different vibe this morning just want to say good morning to all our listeners on future fm 98.9 in the bronx westchester and mount vernon and to our listeners around the world logged on to qmzradio.com and johnoradio.com of course i have to say good morning to my studio audience courtesy of clubhouse it is thursday june 23 and it's hashtag tbt throwback thursday where we play songs in retrospect music from the 80s 90s and early 2000s Thank you for joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, it's Moments with Me Media, and on YouTube, Moments with Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. <laughs> Well, here are the headlines we have coming up for you today in international news. Algeria, Niger, and Nigeria resume talks on Trans-Sahara gas pipeline. Commonwealth countries set to meet in Rwanda. What to expect? In news out of North America, Uvalde Mayor says Rob Elementary School will be demolished. You can never ask a child to go back or a teacher to go back in that school. Former Florida gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum indicted on wire fraud and conspiracy charges. Chicago police officers no longer allowed to pursue people on foot just because they run away. 20 juvenile inmates break out during uprising inside Louisiana facility. Four men who escaped from a federal prison camp in Virginia have been captured. Florida dog breeder who was kidnapped at gunpoint drove car erratically to get police to pull him over. Dante Wright's family has reached a $3.25 million settlement with Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, in his deadly police shooting. In business and tech news, American Airlines will end service in four cities due to pilot shortage. Shared Uber rides are coming back to select U.S. cities. Over 1,300 Southwest Airlines pilots protest inadequate pay and long hours at airport in Texas. Citibank's overdraft fee elimination has officially gone into effect. In Health and Sounds News, Juul e-cigarettes to be ordered off U.S. shelves. In Sports News, Baltimore Ravens linebacker Jalon Ferguson dies at 26. Deshaun Watson settles 20 of the 24 civil lawsuits alleging sexual misconduct. Naomi Osaka launches media company with LeBron James to share stories on diverse cultures and societal issues. 
nothing out of Caribbean Corner today, but in Latin America, Brazil judge probed for banning abortion for child rape victim and how tattoos are helping overcome trauma, domestic abuse in Brazil, medical staff in Argentina to be tried for Maradona death. And believe it or not, stories burkini swimwear banned in French cities' public swimming pools. Colorado man arrested for allegedly killing co-worker in Walgreens break room. Alleged victim complained about the co-worker before death. Ohio State University wins trademark for the word the. In entertainment news, Bill Cosby found liable of sexually assaulting teen at the Playboy Mansion in 1975. Woman awarded $500,000. Dave Chappelle says his former high school's theater will not have his name. And Steve Harvey pours out his heart to wife Marjorie in a sweet love letter for their anniversary. We're going to be right back with the details after this music break. For now, let's enjoy a little bit more music from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I had to cut the song from Missy Elliott, one of my favorites. I'm sorry, and I have to pick up where I left off. Love me some Missy. Take it like a pro, you know. Do a long throw with the backstroke. My hormones jumping like a disco. I be popping ish like some Crisco. And all you gotta say is, Miss it go. And when you say, it, oh, I won't move stuff. I'll suck it to me. Suck it to me like you want to. I can take it like a pro, you know. Do a long throw with the backstroke. My hormones jumping like a Combination is lethal. Popping Patron with Missy in the 600 with no see through. Suffer the repercussion, fucking with shit. We call it puppet, constantly making niggas suffer the consequence. Gotta get the ends, bitch. I'm gonna
Thank you to all our listeners tuned in on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. I'll be with you until the top of the hour. Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, world news on the go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. And of course, we're going to get into the details, and we are starting off with international news. Algeria, Niger, and Nigeria resume talks on Trans-Sahara gas pipeline. And this story comes to us courtesy of Al Jazeera. Algeria, Niger, and Nigeria held talks this week on the revival of a decades-old project to pipe gas across the Sahara, a potential opportunity for Europe to diversify its gas sources as Russia's war in Ukraine continues. The three countries have set up a task force for the project and designated an entity to update a feasibility study, said Niger's oil ministry in a statement on Wednesday, following a two-day meeting in Abuja, the Nigerian capital. The Trans-Saharan Gas Pipeline is an estimated $13 billion project that could send up to 30 billion cubic meters a year of supplies to Europe. The idea was first proposed more than 40 years ago and an agreement signed between the countries in 2009, but progress stalled. The revival talks come at a strategic time as the European Union seeks to wean itself off Russian gas following the invasion of Ukraine and is seeking alternative sources. The pipeline should allow Europe to diversify its sources of natural gas supply but also allows several African states to access this high-value energy source, said the statement. With a length of approximately 2,565 miles, the pipeline would start in Wari, Nigeria, and end in Hasiromel, Algeria, where it would connect to existing pipelines that run to Europe. Nigeria also took steps this month to move forward on another long-awaited pipeline, which would go through West Africa and Morocco to Europe. Commonwealth countries to meet in Rwanda. What to expect? This also comes to us courtesy of Al Jazeera. So it's social studies time. For those of us who went to high school in the Caribbean um, and had to study for CXC, <laughs> I'm sure some of these things are going to come back to us. But yeah, get out your notebooks <laughs> and let's take it back to school because we're going to be reminded of some things. And if you were not familiar before, you're definitely going to learn some things as it relates to the Commonwealth. So heads of government from Commonwealth countries will meet in the Rwandan capital, Kigali, on Friday and Saturday to tackle challenges from climate change and poverty to the food security crisis triggered by the war in Ukraine. Here are some key facts about the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting and the Kigali summit, which are supposed to be held, which were supposed to be held in 2020, but were twice delayed because of COVID pandemic. So, what is the Commonwealth? It is a voluntary association of 54 countries that evolved gradually from the British Empire and has existed in its modern form since 1949. Who are its members? The Commonwealth includes 13 countries in the Caribbean and the Americas, 19 countries in Africa, 3 in Europe, 8 in Asia, 
and 11 in the Pacific. It has a combined population of 2.5 billion. India accounts for 1.4 billion of its citizens, while 32 members have populations of 1.5 million or less, the smallest being Nauru, which has 10,000 inhabitants. Question, are they all former British colonies? Most of them are, but that is not a condition for membership. The last two countries to join, Rwanda and Mozambique, have no historical ties to the British Empire. Gabon and Togo, both former French colonies, are expected to apply to join at the Kigali summit. So what does the Commonwealth do? It presents itself as a network for cooperation on common goals, such as protecting the environment, boosting trade, supporting democracy, promoting education and gender equality, and giving small states a louder voice on the world stage. Although it is not a free trade zone, it calculates that its members find it 21% cheaper to trade with other members than with non-Commonwealth countries, which are a similar distance away. And this is based on an analysis of World Bank data. Factors include a common language and similar legal and commercial frameworks. So, who heads the Commonwealth? Queen Elizabeth II has been head of the Commonwealth, a largely symbolic role since her reign began in 1952. The organization says the British monarch is not automatically its head, but its members nevertheless agreed at a meeting in London in 2018 that Elizabeth's son, Prince Charles, would succeed her in the role. Charles is attending the Kigali summit representing his mother. So we know who heads it. Now, who runs it? It has a secretariat based in London and a secretary general, currently Dominica Bourne, Patricia Scotland. Commonwealth leaders will decide in Kigali whether to reappoint her for a second time or replace her with Kamina Johnson-Smith, the Jamaican foreign minister. Britain has criticized Scotland's leadership and is backing Johnson-Smith, as are India and Belize. So what is likely to be discussed at the Kigali summit? Leaders are expected to discuss souring relations since May between Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of the Congo as rebel groups, which Kinshasa accuses Kigali of supporting, have launched their most sustained offensive in a decade. On Monday, Kenya announced the deployment of the Eastern African Community's Regional Force in DRC to quell the violence. Also on the agenda, climate action will be spoken about as climate change remains a major concern for the bloc. Recent weather events and longer-term climate trends, including heat waves, extreme temperatures, droughts, cyclones, floods, and rising sea levels, afflict most of its member states. Also, trade among member nations. A recurring topic of discussion will be included. The coming presidential elections in Kenya, scheduled for August 9, are also expected to be discussed. I'm sure many of us are wondering, I know I am for sure, if the Commonwealth consists of countries who evolved from the British Empire, why do we have the Queen as the head of the Commonwealth? Interesting.
The organization says the British monarch is not automatically its head, but agreed. Hmm. That is something that's pretty interesting to me. Why? If you are distancing yourself, why still maintain the connection? And I do apologize. A call was coming in. Why still maintain a connection? I don't understand it. And I, I would love to understand that part of it. I think I'm going to have to seek the advice of a historian where that is concerned. Good morning to everyone. Just joining. Whoops, it. I apologize. <laughs> I pressed the wrong thing. My apologies to that. Oh, my gosh. You see, you can't have eyes all over your head, right? <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Why is she still head? Why are they still head? We don't need them to be head of the organization. We don't need that at all. But let's see what happens. So that was our little social studies slash history lesson as it relates to the Commonwealth. Um, the purpose of it. Uh, the members. All right. So I hope we all were reminded or learned something new today. Coming up after the music break, we're going to have stories out of North America. For now, let us continue to listen to a little more music in retrospect as we Pay attention to hashtag TBT throwback Thursday coming up. Now we have, who remembers this song? Oh my gosh, I haven't heard this one in a long time. Let's see if you know it word for word.
Thank you to all our listeners tuned in on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. And thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, world news on the go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram. It's Moments with Me Media, and on YouTube, Moments with Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. Today we're taking it easy. Music in retrospect. Hashtag TBT. Throwback Thursday. And now it's time for the details of stories out of North America. Uvalde Mayor says Rob Elementary School will be demolished you can never ask a child to go back or a teacher to go back in that school and i totally agree the elementary school where a shooter murdered 19 students and two teachers last month in uvalde texas is set to be demolished on tuesday don mclaughlin the mayor of uvalde stated during a tearful council meeting with locals that he didn't think any student or teacher should be required to return to Robb Elementary School, the scene of the fatal shooting on May 24. My understanding, and I had this discussion with the superintendent, the school will be demolished. You can never ask a child to go back or a teacher to go back there ever. According to reports, there's no set date for the demolition. This is not the first time a school has been destroyed after a major tragedy. In 2012, Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut was demolished and rebuilt after a gunman opened fire on 20 students and six staff members. At the council meeting on Tuesday, McLaughlin criticized the difficulty in collecting information from those looking into the fatal shooting at Robb Elementary and the poorly received police response. McLaughlin expressed his displeasure at not receiving updates on the inquiry led by the Texas Rangers, a division of the Texas Department of Public Safety. I'm very frustrated with the way they're handling it. Very frustrated because, like I said, we are not getting any information. The mayor stated that he would inform the public of any changes as they occurred. The gloves are off. As we know it, we will share it. We're not going to hold back anymore. We kept quiet at the request of other agencies because we thought we were doing a formal investigation and doing the right thing. What matters to Uvalde is that these broken-hearted families and this grieving community get a full investigation and accurate report of what happened that day. The director of the Texas Department of Public Safety, Steve McCross, stated the laws enforcement, law enforcement's response to the shooting at the Uvalde school was an abject failure. McCraw added that compelling evidence that the law enforcement response to the attack at Robb Elementary was an abject failure and anti-ethical to everything we've learned of the last two decades since the Columbine massacre. McGraw claimed that on that particular day, police officers' lives were prioritized over the lives of young children. Despite criticism of their decision to wait for backup for about an hour rather than engage the shooter as the school shooting developed. The only thing stopping a hallway of dedicated officers from entering rooms 111 and 112 
was the unseen commander who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children. I agree. Tear it down. Tear the building down. But what speaks to me in this article is that at the request of agencies, information was not being given. A reminder that even in the midst of um, negligence, gross negligence, that resulted in the atrocities that, that took place, the atrocities meaning each and every single life that was cut down, um, they're still seeking, law enforcement still seeking to protect themselves, to vindicate themselves from any kind of blame. So I don't think it was a matter of a formal investigation taking place. I believe it was scurrying to see how we can CYA. How we can cover ourselves. How we can protect ourselves and try to justify our actions. So when they don't want you to talk about things now as it relates to incidents that involve law enforcement, clearly, it's not really because they care to do a thorough investigation so that the families of the victims can have the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But based on this statement, and I'm glad he said it, I'm glad the mayor said it. It is an eye-opener for us now. Well, if we had any doubt. It is an eye-opener that their first priority is to protect their own and not the, the victims or the families of the victims. Clearly. We kept quiet at the request of other agencies. Yeah. That needs to change. That needs to change. Stop keeping quiet. A tragedy has occurred. A heinous crime committed. Stop being quiet while agencies pretend to do formal investigations, pretending to care about the victims and their families when the truth is they only care about their damn selves. I'm sorry. This, you know, we often wonder why certain tragedies happen and why they are allowed to happen. But without the tragedies happening, unfortunately, I wish there was another way. But it seems as though the only way for change to come into effect is when there's a tragedy. Tragedies also reveal truths. It allows you to see. You know, when you're in the bathroom the other night and <laughs> we're talking about fogged mirrors because of the heat, the steam that comes from the heat when from those of us who like to take extremely hot showers. Well, we're no different as it relates to the things that go on. Fog all over. We can't see. 
But now the smoke is clearing. The fog is clearing. We can wipe those mirrors off and see things for the truths that they are. So while I mourn with the parents, because believe you me, I would never want to experience that. And I can't, I can't begin to imagine the heartbreak that these parents are feeling, enduring day after day. I can't imagine it. But at the same time, truths are being revealed. And I have to be grateful for that. May other counties, cities, states see to it that when they are, quote unquote, doing their formal investigations, it is not to protect law enforcement, but to bring forth the truth, whether it paints you in a bad light or not. They have a saying, what's in the dark must come to light, right? It's only a matter of time. Could be five years, 10 years, 20 years. It's going to happen at some point. Former Florida gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum. Oh my gosh, his situation is just getting worse. Indicted on wire fraud and conspiracy charges. Former Florida gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum and a longtime associate were indicted on Wednesday on charges of conspiracy, wire fraud, and making false statements. Gillum, who ran for Florida governor against Ron DeSantis in 2018, and Sharon Janet Letman Hicks, who is listed as the CEO of the National Black Justice Coalition, are accused of unlawfully asking for money between 2016 and 2019 from various entities and individuals through false and fraudulent promises and representations that the funds would be used for a legitimate purpose. And this is according to federal court documents. The documents also allege Letman Hicks diverted a portion of the money to a company she owned and then funneled the funds as payroll payments to Gillum for personal use. Together, Gillum and Letman Hicks faced 21 charges, according to the news release from the United States Attorney for the Northern District of Florida. Prior to the government announcing the charges, Gillum released a statement claiming his innocence. I have spent the last 20 years of my life in public service and continue to fight for the people. Every campaign I've run has been done with integrity. Make no mistake that this case is not legal. It is political. Throughout my career, I have always stood up for the people of Florida and have spoken truth to power. He's set to make an initial appearance in court at 2 p.m. Eastern in Tallahassee. And that will be next Wednesday. Um... Andrew, here's what I would have done. When that whole um, fiasco came to light, uh, was it last? When was it? When that whole thing came to light? I can't remember the exact year. Where he was found in the hotel room, blase, 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 right? Don't want to get too graphic with it. I would have just lay low, just lay low, lay low. But no. Trying to make a quick comeback. 
sometimes things happen to us in life for a reason. And we need to take the time to get clarity. With the clarity, gain comprehension. And address certain things about ourselves. Sometimes these things happen because we're no longer supposed to be in the spotlight. Many times when things happen to us, we look for something to blame or someone to blame other than ourselves. Even if we blame ourselves, are we looking for reasons why these things happen? What are the sequence of events or what is the sequence of events that led up to whatever it is that happened to us? Could it be that there was this inner voice for a long time telling us to stop or to refrain or move away from or disassociate? Because a lot of times we are being warned. There's a thing called intuition, that little voice within us, but we ignore it. And it's not until things blow up in our faces that, or we're putting embarrassing situations that we realize, oh my gosh, why didn't I? It happens. How many times have we had an experience? And when we replay everything in our head, we replay conversations, we replay um, situations. We're like, oh my gosh, the writing was on the wall. I just wasn't paying attention. Or I noticed, but I chose to ignore thinking that I would come out the better. How many times has it happened to us? And do we learn? Because here's the thing, if we don't learn, we're going to keep making the same mistakes. It's like trying to pass a test to get to the next grade level, right? You have to get a certain grade to be able to advance. Well, that's life. If we don't learn from our quote-unquote mistakes, and I, I, don't, I don't like to call them mistakes, but they are lessons because lessons shape us. And um, when we ask for wisdom and discernment, it is through the lessons that we gain the wisdom and discernment, right? Yeah. But we have to learn. We can't be asking, you know, God, show me what I need to know. Remove this, remove that. But yet we're still stubborn because we refuse to, Pay attention to that small voice or that intuition that speaks to us. So I say, um, Gillam, I'm not saying you are guilty at all by any means. I'm not saying that. But what you have to understand is when certain things happen, it is best for us to just chill for a while, rebrand and then reappear and probably just stay away period from politics find something else to indulge in i don't know my two cents my thoughts i don't know why i'm talking so much this morning <laughs> i'm glad for this next story i'm glad to hear this and i hope this gets in, um instituted throughout the entire country every police force chicago police officers no longer allowed to pursue people on foot just because they run away. Great. 
Police in Chicago will no longer be allowed to pursue people just because they take off running as part of new policing guidelines. The new policy comes a year after two on-foot pursuits led to the fatal shooting of a 13-year-old boy and a 22-year-old man. The policy also includes rules that seek to instruct police on when they can and cannot respond to a certain activity and prevent incidents. The incidents in which an officer could hurt themselves or bystanders. If a cop wanted to chase someone, they'd have to believe a person is committing a felony or is about to. Other qualifying reasons would be if the person running was about to commit a class A misdemeanor like drunk driving or domestic battery. Suppose it's minor issues like a parking violation driving with a suspended license or drinking publicly. In that case, a cop will not be allowed to chase them on foot. Thank you, ABC7, for this report. A person would have to be an obvious threat to any person. Are we in agreement with this? Yeah? Something that has always bothered me, and I see it on the news um, here sometimes in South Florida is the high-speed chases, the cops chasing people on the highways. And I always think, aren't you endangering the lives of others? Yes, you're trying to get to the suspect. However, you're also putting other people's lives at risk, both the person you're chasing and yourselves. Never did care for high-speed chases. I think it's a risk. And what concerns me is what could possibly happen to innocent bystanders, pedestrians, or vehicular traffic, going about their business, minding their business. Is it always worth it to do a high-speed chase? Is it? I don't think so. So um, I'm glad Chicago is um, putting this in place. And as I said, I do hope the entire country will put that in place. 20 juvenile inmates break out during uprising inside a Louisiana facility. This is according to the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office. Nearly 20 inmates staged an uprising inside the facility's perimeter last Thursday night, provoking a SWAT reaction. Ooh, excuse me. During the incident, inmates were able to gain control of areas inside the facility, injuring one Office of Juvenile Justice employee and two juveniles. Around 9.48 p.m., word was received that there was a disturbance inside the facility. Around 20 youths escaped their housing areas and took control of areas inside the facility. None were able to escape the grounds. Around 40 to 50 deputies from our patrol division and crisis management unit responded and were able to secure the facility by about midnight. The youths were returned to the custody of the Office of Juvenile Justice, the state agency that operates the facility. The incident incident excuse me is the facility's latest security breach occurring only hours after five inmates fled through a hole in the bathroom ceiling early thursday morning one of whom was still at large as of friday morning 
did they really think they were going to get away? Did they, <clears throat> excuse me, did they really think that even if they got outside, did they really think this was going to last forever? That they were going to be scot-free? No. Be smart, folks. Be smart. Because this could have resulted in you dying, losing your life, right? Four men who escaped a federal prison camp in Virginia have been captured. All four of the men who escaped from a federal prison camp in Hopewell, Virginia over the weekend have been apprehended and are back in custody. This is according to the Federal Bureau of Prisons as they released in a statement on Wednesday. Tavares Lejean Graham was back in custody Sunday and both Corey Branch and Kareem Allen Shaw were back in custody on Tuesday. At around noon on Wednesday, Lamont Rashawn Willis was also placed back in BOP custody. All four are currently being held at the Medium Security Federal Institution in Hopewell. The prisoners were reported missing from the Federal Correctional Complex Petersburg Satellite Camp at about 1.45 a.m. on Saturday, setting off a multi-agency manhunt. Details of the escape were not included in the news release, beyond the BOP calling it a walk away. Well, I guess it could have been easy for them if it's a medium security institution, but they are back in the confines of the institution. Florida dog breeder who was kidnapped at gunpoint drove car erratically to get police to pull him over. A Florida man who was kidnapped and forced to drive a vehicle by his three alleged kidnappers was clever when it came to saving himself. He deliberately violated driving rules in front of some sheriff's deputies to get their attention. It worked. Once stopped, the victim, who was afraid to say he was being kidnapped, had a look of despair when the deputy gave him a warning and started to send him on his way. The desperate man also used a hand motion in hopes that the deputy would pick up his fare. The deputy did and ordered the man to step away from the car and away from the other three men who were sitting inside the vehicle. Inside the vehicle, the deputy, Cameron White, retrieved guns, knives, and a large amount of cash, a department spokeswoman confirmed. The group of three identified as, I cannot pronounce the first name, last name Sellers, who is 22 of Atlanta, Benjamin Radcliffe, 25 of Buffalo, and Kashavia Bragdon, 22 of Tallahassee. The, true, the trio has been charged with multiple counts, including kidnapping, carjacking, armed burglary, and home invasion. The sheriffs did not identify the victim who lives in Port St. Lucie. However, the department said the suspects targeted him after he boasted about his dog breeding business online. The trio posed as interested dog buyers. When they arrived at the victim's home, they robbed and assaulted the victim and demanded he hand over the large amounts of cash he boasted about. I'm going to say this. Word to the wise. Protect yourselves. Right? No one, I, I see people do it a lot on Instagram and TikTok, brandishing a wad of cash. And it's not necessary, folks. It really isn't necessary. Um, the real rich and the wealthy don't do that. They don't do that, right? Um, yes, you may be excited and 
proud of yourself that oh my gosh i made it i i have a couple of thousand in my hands um but it's not really necessary to be boasting because what you're doing is setting yourself up to become a target now should someone target you no but we also have to understand the world that we live in and the people who are watching uh bear with me one moment we're gonna be right back right after this Thank you to all our listeners who tuned in to Coffee and Toe on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. This is Moments with me signing off until next week, Thursday, when we meet again at 9 a.m. Eastern. I invite you to continue listening on QMZRadio.com or JanoRadio.com. Join us. Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, world news on the go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much for your patience. (laughs) And now to wrap up our stories out of North America. But yeah, as I was saying, you got to protect yourselves. There's no need for the bragging and the boasting and the showing off because what you are doing is inviting criminals to target you. Be smart. Be very smart. And remember, money is fleeting. It comes and it goes. You can have it today and it's gone tomorrow. Protect yourselves. If you don't want to put your money in the bank, get a safe, put it in there, lock it up. Nobody needs to know. Right? Just a word of advice. I saw um, an article, I think it was this week earlier too, where (laughs) I don't remember which celebrity was saying that. Was it a celebrity or was it a preacher? I don't remember, but some celebrity was saying um, only the poor make an effort to look as though they're rich. Only the poor make an effort to look as though they're rich. Yeah. Dante Wright's family has reached a 3.25 million settlement with Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, in his deadly police shooting. The sum is part of a settlement deal the family struck with the city, which also agreed to make changes in its policing policies and training. The Wright family legal team said this in a news release. This settlement will not be finalized until agreement is also reached on substantial and meaningful non-monetary relief. Changes are expected to include training on police intervention, implicit bias, weapons confusion, de-escalation, as well as how to handle situations arising during mental health crisis, the attorneys explained. Wright, if we remember, who was 20 years old, was pulled over on April 11, 2021 by former Brooklyn Center Police Officer Kim Potter. 
for an expired tag and illegal air freshener, authorities have said. During the stop, police learned Wright had an outstanding warrant. When Potter and a trainee officer attempted to arrest him, Wright tried to drive off. Potter shot and killed Wright, saying she had mistaken her gun for a taser. CNN has reached out to the city for comment on the settlement. Um, this I just learned something new. Illegal air freshener. What is an illegal air freshener? What is considered an illegal air freshener? Good morning. I was going to ask the same question. <laughs> yes, good morning. Yeah, I listened to the case and I don't remember that part. I really don't remember that part being, being because of the arrest. Huh. Interesting, right? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. In, good morning. Illegal air fresheners. Uh, in some states, it's illegal for you to have anything hanging from your um, rearview mirror. So if you have a air freshener there, it becomes a illegal air freshener. Are you serious? Absolutely. Get out of here. I get it. It could obstruct your view. I get that. But, but wow, naturalist, thank you for explaining that to me. And, okay, thank you, DJ Reds, for putting that in the WhatsApp chat as well. But here's the question. So what about when doctors or nurses or people in the medical field put their stethoscopes over their, um, their rearview mirror? What about masks? Because people take their masks off. I take my mask off when I get back in the vehicle, and I put it right there over the um, rearview mirror. Is that an issue as well? Is that state by state naturalist? I would think it would probably be a state by state, city by city thing. Yeah, it's a state by state situation. In all honesty, I think some of these police officers just find the minute, the most minute thing to just pull certain people over. Yeah, because, oh my gosh, an illegal air fresher because it's dangling in the front, because it doesn't really. I don't know. Does it really obstruct your vision, your view? Does it really? It may be an annoyance for some. Could it be that the air freshener may have had the shape of a marijuana leaf and that bothers some people? What? What could it be? But I learned something new today. Yeah, you know, they always tried uh, different pretexts to pull you over. Now, the air freshener is what they used to pull you over. And then they started asking other questions like, um, I got pulled over and he was like, uh, do you have any weapons in the car? Do you have any, any, any guns in the car? And I was taught that never say yes, even if you do, because what's going to happen now, it's no longer going to be a conversation about um, your turn signal and why you, why you made a left turn when you, should have, you, you shouldn't have. And that's going to be about um, the weapons you have or the gun you have. Now, do, you have a, do you have a permit? Uh, is it secure properly? Yeah, so you're always just different different pretext believer, man. Wow. Fire fire upon some of them. Fire channel. Wow. I've had, had all kind of experience, and I'll tell you. Uh, some of them ain't pretty. I'm still in shock. Thank you, naturalist. Thank you, DJ Reds. He's saying that um it's up to the police if they really want to get you for anything. They say it blocks your vision. So who driving the car? Me or the police? Who is driving the car? Me or the police? If I, if it's 
not blocking my vision, why is it a problem for them? If I'm able to see, why is it a problem for them? So then, for people who like, okay, here's something else. Cell phones that are mounted on dashboards or GoPro cameras that are put on dashboards or hanging from the, 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 wind, the um, rear view mirror. Those could be an issue as well then. So really, how can that be more of a obstruction, distraction, interference than that big screen that's in a Tesla or the screens that are in Mercedes-Benz's, BMW's, Toyota, every, every car, every, every vehicle has these screens now that are right there. Aren't those a distraction too? Especially those that have the feature that allow you to um, talk to text. Is that the right way to say it? <laughs> um, speech to text. Isn't you're looking at the screen to find a different station to swipe through. Isn't that a distraction? Couldn't that be in your way as well? I think that's more of a distraction than an air freshener hanging from your rearview mirror. Just my thoughts. I don't know. And I'm saying that because I'm in traffic and I see people on their screens. If it's not the phone, it's the screens and they're scrolling through and scrolling up and going to the next song or looking for who to call. Your eyes aren't on the road, but I don't see how the, the, the you know what, um, welcome to the United States of America. <laughs> Wasn't it yesterday where um, I think it was Javed who made the point of, you know, one person did something wrong and and then everybody gets punished. Yes. In, imagine this could be something like, a, um, I can, Im here's my imagination running wild, right? Somebody had some huge thing on their on their um, rear view mirror. Is that what it's called? And it caused a distraction or caused a car accident. Like insurance then goes up, and then people are going to say, "You can't do that. You do that. You you can be the cause of an accident because it it obstructed your view." It's it's just something like that, in my in my opinion. Wow. Because I've seen people with some with a whole bunch of stuff on those things, and they're like, "Why do you have all that dangling stuff?" <laughs> it just it just it's a lot it, it can be a lot but i mean it's like there are old laws all over the place that are not going to be picked on but depends on who the police officer is at that time who who sees you then they're going to make a charge because there are laws about tinting you can only yeah. have five percent most police officers will, will let you go by with 35 percent but you're gonna get a one person who's gonna be like mm -mm -mm, and then you're gonna be in trouble yeah so that's where my head is running all over the place. I'm speaking. Yeah, thank you, Sina. You have to... So listen, folks. <laughs> it's funny because here in, in um, between Broward and Miami-Dade County, you, I know your windows are not supposed to be... I forgot what the percentage is, more than so much tinted, right? They will hassle the life out of you in Miami-Dade. I'm sorry, in Broward, but not in Miami-Dade. I have seen some tints, and they're not for undercover vehicles, regular civilian vehicles. 
Even the windscreen is tinted. And you're like, huh? You can't even see in the vehicle, period. But I don't see them getting hassled here in Miami-Dade. Take that to Broward. They're pulling you over. So it's not even state by state. It's city by city, county by county. So um, the only thing I can say is do your research before you venture <laughs> into other cities. It's a shit. We have to be researching everything now. Is it okay to have this? Is it okay to do this before you cross the state lines or so on and so forth? Wow. <laughs> I still believe it's cop per cop. <laughs> I, I no, I really do. So my first car I got from my uncle in Miami. So I had dark limo tint on this car. And I swear for an entire week, this one police officer pulled me over every darn day and gave me a ticket in New York wow. for the tint. The whole entire New York I used to drive and he used to sit near my block. So there's no way I could not pass him. And he gave me a ticket every single day. No other police officer in New York City bothered me except for this one person. <laughs> you sure he didn't have a crush on you, Javette? He probably had a crush was, on you. He was one of them Giuliani boys, okay? <laughs> uh, only people in New York will know what I'm referencing. Uh, I think he okay. liked you. I think he likes mm -hmm. you. Yeah. People who like you make you pay money. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I All agree. those tickets could equal to points. No, he ain't like her. Mm -mm -mm -mm. He had it out for her. He was probably jealous too. He could, that could be it. Uh, wow. Well, we learned something today, folks. Illegal air fresheners. Uh, thank you so much, Virginia, for your comment in the chat. Dashboard is meant for mounting and other things. Rear view mirror is not meant for hanging objects. So, folks, let's play it safe. Pull the things down. Get a little bag or something. They have all sorts of things on different websites now that you can buy to put in your vehicles to store things. If your glove compartment is full or if your center console is full or, you know, if you have a front seat occupant, there are other things we can do. So, Let's not put ourselves, you know, in harm's way. Let me just say that in harm's way, because that's what happened to him. But um, yeah, so I'm glad the family has been awarded. Do I think it's sufficient? No, but you know what it is. You know, at least something has come out of it. And Kim, I think she's sitting in jail, right? Yeah. So it's time for us to take another quick music break. When we return, it's business and tech and health and science news. Oh, here we go with some more hashtag TBT music. This one is from Eve and Gwen Stefani. Yo, yo, drop your glasses, shake it. Face screwed up like you having hot flashes. Which one? Pick one, this one, classic. Red from blind, yeah. 
jump drastic Why this? Why that? Lips stop basking Listen to me, baby, relax and start passing Expressway, head back, weaving through the traffic This one strong should be labeled as a hazard Some of y'all n****s hot, psych, I'm gassing Clowns, I spot them and I can't stop laughing Easy come, easy go, Evie gon' be lasting Jealousy, let it go, results could be tragic Some of y'all ain't writing well, too concerned with fashion None of you ain't Giselle, can't walk and imagine A lot of y'all Hollywood drama, cast it, cut camera off real Give me more. 
go. Don't stop. Come on. Put your two way next to mine. Uh. Baby, you need me anytime. You and me behind closed doors. Yeah, oh, yeah. Talk to me now. You're about to be my main squeeze. Uh. Take trips, cop shine your things. Girl, just come with me. Yeah. Oh, oh. Come on. Now, mama, go ahead, do yeah. the damn yeah. thing. In the club, just show a little love. Represent your side like me. Round here, if you stick, you catch a hot one. My shot, a couple of them down. Belvedere in the rear of the club, pulled up on dubs. And we about to go and buy the bar up. So, so, for sure, we ain't playing. Hang with no lames. Walk and say, where the party at? Girls is on the way, but up a cardiac. Yes, we do. I know the mind talking all of that. Uh huh. Outfit just showing that skin, trying to make it on the spit. Where you been, girl? You and your friend need to come to yeah. the back. We got it locked out. Your white t-shirt or a three-piece suit don't matter what you wear. All that matters is who you with. Some jiggy, some straight grind. Yeah. All up in the clubs to have a good time. Oh, Thank you to all our listeners. Logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Follow me on Twitter at MeMediaMoments, on Instagram, Moments with Me Media, and on YouTube, Moments with Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notification. It is hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday, music in retrospect. We play songs from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. As I'm listening to this song, I'm thinking about P. Diddy and Jermaine uh, Dupri. And I remember having a conversation. I can't remember where it was, but there was a conversation once. I remember that clearly. <laughs> um, who would win if they were to battle the battle of producers? Would it be P. Diddy or would it be Jermaine Dupri? Hmm. They were, they're both good producers, I must say. Um, I think, though, P. Diddy might have a little edge. I have a feeling. I may be wrong. Maybe wrong. But what I do know is that some artists, um, they work best with certain producers. For example, we know that um, Mariah Carey, she works very well with Dupree. She has worked with Diddy. But for some reason, I think um, Dupree is her home. He knows her. He knows what works best for her. Just my opinion. I don't know. Maybe wrong. I'm, you know, I'm not in the producing business, but it's just what I hear, you know, what I listen to. I remember when she got married to Nick Cannon and he produced something for her. And that was a major flop. Floppity flop, flop. Yeah. 
Anyway, folks, it is time for Business and Tech News. American Airlines has announced that it will be ending service in four cities this year in response to the devastating pilot shortage. Beginning on September 7th, service will end in Dubuque. Did I pronounce it right or is it Dubuque? D-U-B-U-Q-U-E, Iowa, Islip and Ithaca, New York, and Toledo, Ohio. These cities are currently served by American Airlines regional affiliates and have at least two daily flights to bigger hubs. American will continue operating in airports less than 100 miles from the four cities for travelers' convenience. We have 100 regional aircraft on the ground that we want to fly, but we can't due to a lack of regional pilots. And this is according to Brian Metham, who is a spokesperson for American Airlines. Unfortunately, American Airlines is not the only one facing these issues. Other airlines, such as Delta and Southwest, have been unable to fill positions that were left open by retirees or by those who took leaves of absence during the pandemic and never returned. The shortage has caused massive cancellations as summer travel plans surge. It has also caused employed pilots to pick up the slack. On Tuesday, over 1,300 Southwest pilots protested the long hours and unfair wages. Currently, the airline industry is short about 12,000 pilots, causing flight reductions nationwide. You're not supposed to um, overwork, if that's the right term, for your pilots. Yeah, because that can cause fatigue and exhaustion. Not supposed to do that at all. And um, let me just take it over into the next story. Over 1,300 Southwest um, pilots protested at a Dallas airport complaining that the company overworked and understaffed them. Southwest Airlines and the Pilots Union, Southwest Airlines Pilots Association, have been in contract negotiations for the past two years at the time of the protest. In response to an increase in flight cancellations during the summer travel season, the pilots held signs reading, Our passengers and pilots deserve better. And summer of love delayed, rescheduled, cancelled. Due to the pilot scarcity and increased travel demand due to the lifting of COVID-19 restrictions worldwide, there have been an increasing number of flight delays and cancellations in recent months. Even though the entire industry suffers from the pilot shortage, Southwest Airlines' poor scheduling procedures for pilots, according to SWAPA, have worsened the situation. The union claimed that because of the labor shortage and harsh weather, its 8,300 members had been subjected to frequent flight reassignments and impromptu scheduling adjustments. According to SWAPA, they have seen an increase in pilots calling out due to exhaustion, due to constantly shifting schedules and overscheduling. The problem is hoped to be resolved by a new contract which has been in the works since 2020. Why is it taking so long to do to complete the negotiations? But let me ask a question. With the place opening up and the demand for travelers to go worldwide, 
the executives and i'm putting this on the executives not not that i'm saying they're the ones who made the decision but they have to sign off right that's my that's my um feeling with the place opening up and the demand for um travelers they knew beforehand that they did not have sufficient staff meaning pilots and in-flight staff to cover the demand they know that they knew that so why would you open up the floodgates have passengers book these things book their flights make travel plans wouldn't it have been better to stagger as you as the place opens up meaning you only have 1200 pilots just throwing numbers out there you have 1200 pilots or let's say the 1300 you have 1300 pilots all right of course you can't say you have 1300 flights because we know you know you have rest and all of that let us say you open up a thousand flights is, shouldn't that be the more reasonable thing to do than go ahead and say, okay, let's open up for 2,600 flights. To me, it doesn't make sense. And that's what it sounds like to me. And the airlines are notorious for doing this. And let me tell you what they're notorious for doing. Have you ever gone to the gate or have, you know, at the check-in counter and you're told we have to put you on the next flight because this flight is full? Yeah. It happens because they double book seats. And they double book seats with the expectation that some people will miss their flights. So it's like you cross your finger and hope, wish and hope on a prayer. That's something they do. All the airlines do it right well this is the same thing they're doing with the pilots right now we're having passengers book these flights on a hope and a prayer you know you don't have sufficient pilots you know you don't have sufficient um in-flight crew so why are you making all these flights available to go everywhere in the world be honest Be honest in your dealings. If you can only facilitate 100 flights, let it stay at 100 flights. And everybody just have to find another airline or find another means to get there. Or find another date to get there. Go right ahead. I think it's about the money because they get to keep the money up front. A lot of the flights are non-refundable. A lot of people won't fight to get their money back. So I get, I, I think it's, uh, uh, they're weighing their options and they may be able to make more money that way versus have to pay it out for inconvenience. Hmm. Yeah. It is about the money, Javette. And that is the problem with corporations. That's the problem with people. Greed. Oh my gosh greed to the detriment of your pilots who are not supposed to fly for more than a certain number of hours within a 24 hour period or 36 hour or 48 hour period it's in their handbooks 
the handbooks that are governed by FAA regulations. So, with the pilots complaining about being overworked, underpaid, exhausted, is the FAA stepping in to see what's really going on? Or are they waiting for some tragedy to occur? Are they waiting for a tragedy to take place before they step in and say, you know something, hold on, let's take a look at what's going on here at Southwest or Delta, American, um, JetBlue, all the various airlines? Of course they are, because this is how the world works. <laughs> Nothing is done until there's a tragedy. No one has forethought. We are, we're not proactive. We're not. Not proactive at all. But if the powers that be at the FAA are paying attention, and I hope their palms are not being greased by anyone, but if they are paying attention, they would step in and crack down on these airlines who are overworking their staff. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, Citibank's overdraft fee elimination has officially gone into effect. So any Citibank um, customers who are listening, you know, pay attention. They updated their policy that eliminates overdraft fees and it has gone into effect. Remember, we spoke about this earlier this year. Uh, the company announced that it had stopped charging overdraft fees returned item fees, and overdraft protection fees. So let's say that again. Overdraft fees, returned item fees, and overdraft protection fees. And someone may be saying, okay, overdraft fees and over overdraft protection. So overdraft fees, you would get hit with that when your account goes into overdraft. An item comes in, it puts your account in overdraft. Boom, $35. If the bank decides to return the item right as nsf insufficient funds they charge you another oh, 35 dollars right so let us say they honor the payment they put the payment through because you have overdraft protection through another account so what they would do is the accounts are linked. If you go into overdraft, they, you transfer from one into the other to cover it. They do it for you. If they do it for you, another $35, and that's where the overdraft protection fee comes in. Right? Now, I tell you this, and I've seen it. You can present, an item, sorry, can be presented for payment. You don't have enough money in your account. So, boop, you get the overdraft fee. They return the item. That's another over, that's a fee right there. So, that's $70. The item comes back again because you do have some retailers who will put the item back through again. You might now have put in place some overdraft protection. It comes in, they hit you with the overdraft fee again, and then they hit you with the overdraft protection fee. So off of one item being presented twice, 
that's $140. Just like that. And that's how banks have been making their money. In addition to the other ways. Let me be nice. The other ways. Yeah. This change is representative of the bank's ongoing commitment to increase financial inclusions and advance economic progress, including the launch of measures to help minimize consumer overdraft fees more than 20 years ago. Citibank's new policy change comes as the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has grown increasingly critical of what it's called abusive overdraft fees in a report released earlier this year. This latest enhancement is a significant step for Citi as a leader in the banking industry, offering the most consumer-friendly overdraft practices. Gonzalo Lucetti, City CEO of U.S. Personal Banking, said, We are continuously looking for ways to utilize our industry-leading capabilities to make the financial system easier and more equitable for communities with little or no financial buffer. To complement this new enhancement, City continues to offer a robust suite of overdraft protection services for its consumers, including overdraft protection services, common sense protection measures, and access account package. I'm not sure what common sense protection measures are. Let's see if they will let us know what that is. With the overdraft protection services, City offers the services to cover negative balance transactions, such as safety check which will allow customers to transfer available funds from a linked Citibank savings account to cover overdraft fees and checking plus a line of credit that automatically transfer funds from your credit line to your checking account to cover your overdraft fees. Okay, so that's that one. Uh, access account package. This one, a checkless account package with low or avoidable monthly charges that will reportedly offer customers a transparent way to add more finance protection. Additionally, low balance alerts can tell customers when their funds are getting low. Okay, I'm waiting for the comments. Okay, so there's no explanation of the common sense one. That's smart. I was hoping to be able to tell everyone what the common sense protection measures are but they didn't explain that okay all right in health and science news jewel go ahead go right ahead go ahead go ahead i think all banks are rolling this out now because um i have two bank accounts in two different banks and i received the same information as far as the change in what you just spoke about with Citibank. yeah Javette, excuse me, I know, um, I think Bank of America, we highlighted that a couple months ago, too. They were rolling out something. Um, not sure what Wells Fargo is doing. I have Bank of America and Capital One. Okay. Okay. So, and both of them have provided you with that information right Javette? yes the same exact information actually okay good good for capital one good for um bank of america good for Citibank. i'm waiting to hear what wells fargo is going to do in health and science news jewel e-cigarettes to be ordered off u.s shelves and this is according to the u.s food and drug administration 
According to an early report by the Wall Street Journal, the FDA plans to eliminate all of Juul's e-cigarettes sold on U.S. shelves. And since the word got out, shares in Altria, a tobacco giant, fell nearly 8.5%, owning a 35% stake in vaping products. Juul has been controversial and has faced scrutiny since the nicotine product has allegedly been marketed toward teens. American Cancer Society reports jewels typically have a significantly higher amount of nicotine per puff than some other types of e-cigarettes and cigarettes. Because of this, jewel and jewel-like products may be more addictive than other types of e-cigarettes. Some kids have become physically dependent on nicotine by using these products. An analyst says this clearly comes as a surprise to the market. We would expect that Juul would appeal the decision and remain on the market through the process, which would likely take a year or more. Okay. Get them down. And you can't be targeting children. And, <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. You understand the effects of nicotine. Why are you targeting a demographic that is easily influenced? Come on. A lot of these companies need to accept social responsibility for their marketing strategies. We understand you all want to make money. Everybody's in the business of making money. But don't target the children. So by the time they get to 35, 40, or 50, they have lung cancer. Don't do that. Shame on you, all of you. Um, I was not never fond of um, the whole vaping thing, quite frankly. Um, it does sound weird because it's a chemical, right? Yeah. But coming up after the music, we're going to take another quick music break. And coming up after the music break, we have Sports Caribbean Corner. As a matter of fact, no Caribbean Corner today. We just have news out of Latin America. Who remembers this one? Uh, Nevea. Whatever happened to her? I haven't heard from her. For me, seems like a lot of n- trying me because they trying to take my baby. Oh, what the hell? No, so now you really better check yourself. Messing with my girl is bad for your health, and so you know you will be dealt with. Better find your own. Oh, girl.
All our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me, and you're listening to Coffee in Toll, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram Moments with Me Media, and on YouTube Moments with Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. It is hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday, and for us, it means music in retrospect. We take it back to the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. And now it is time for sports news. Baltimore Ravens linebacker Jalon Ferguson dies at the age of 26. On Wednesday morning, the Baltimore Ravens team announced that linebacker Jalen Ferguson had passed away. The cause of his death is still unknown. The team took to Twitter to announce the devastating news, saying we are profoundly saddened by the tragic passing of Jalon Ferguson. He was a kind, respectful young man with a big smile and infectious personality. We express our heartfelt condolences to Jalon's family and friends as we mourn a life lost much too soon. 
Ferguson's agent, Sarah Safara Lawson, also released a statement saying that it was with great sadness that his passing is being announced and the family asks for your prayers and privacy at this time. Ferguson was drafted in 2019 to the Baltimore Ravens straight out of Louisiana Tech. He also got plenty of playtime from the start. In his rookie season, he played 14 games in 2019 and in 2020, he also played 14 games. In his recent season, he played 10 games. Deshaun Watson settles 20 of 24 civil lawsuits alleging sexual misconduct. There may be an ending to the ongoing madness surrounding Deshaun Watson's legal matters because of sexual misconduct. In the most recent news, the 26-year-old has settled 20 of the 24 civil lawsuits. Tony Busby represents all of the women who have filed the lawsuits and released a statement regarding the settlement. Today, I announced that all cases against Deshaun Watson, with the exception of four, have settled. We are working through the paperwork related to those settlements. Once we have done so, those particular cases will be dismissed. The terms and amounts of the settlements are confidential. We will not comment further on the settlements or those cases. Though the jury did not find sufficient evidence to try Watson on criminal charges, he isn't in the clear yet. The four pending cases under review include his original accuser, Ashley Solis. Busby adds, Ashley is one of the heroes of the story. Her case has not settled, and thus her story and that of the other three brave women will continue. I look forward to trying these cases in due course, consistent with other docket obligations and the court's schedule. There have been talks that Watson faces substantial suspension since he is subject to potential penalties from the NFL. Watson has topped NFL and Cleveland headlines since the trade, which seemed to do more damage than good. He allegedly solicited sex with multiple masseuses over a period of 17 months while playing with the Texans. Apparently, he hired over 60 masseuses for their services, precisely 66 to count. The lawsuits have since poured in since his move to the Cleveland Browns, the NFL is, NFL is expected to decide a ruling on the matter and his playtime. At this point, he has an addiction. He has an addiction. Why the need for 66 different masseuses? 26 years old. And all that money you have to pay out already at 26 years old. He has an addiction, clearly. No difference? Go ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah, mor morning, everyone. Good morning, James. Yeah, you, you, I don't know if you noticed the, the trend. You know, we've been talking about this for a while, but, you know, the NFL, in comparison to the NBA, um, it's just like there's almost never any good news from the NFL outside of like you know tom brady or, or or you know but every other news is, is something something bad and it's i i don't know 
it, it, it it's not it's not good you know because the nfl it's the nfl to me like you know we're like those players like from you know dominican republic and and, and a lot of the black players it's almost like like a plantation like when we're talking about yesterday like can the nba do stuff our teams do stuff to to support these players the nfl is like i don't know nothing at all like you know from 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 nfl players like committing murder like from nfl players like robbing and and committing suicide and all this type of stuff it just seemed to be always bad news coming out of, out of the nfl and yeah and for me, like I'm not surprised with with like you know 95% of the, the NFL um, owners are Donald Trump supporters, you know. So you, you feel like they don't really care about these these guys. The 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 whole idea about concussions with these guys, nobody's paying any attention to it, and they just let these guys go out there and 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 kill themselves, like like almost like um, that type of sports from from back in the days what, what do you call them again from back in colonial 18th century days where where um guys just go out and and and, and like blood sport kill themselves to entertain um rich white people it just seemed like like something like that and it's very sad like i i would not want my my child to be to be in the nfl like any other sports but but not that james i have to agree with you I have to agree with you. This um, sport seems to be plagued. Seriously plagued. You're right. You raise things. They are in, involved in fraud. Um, a, a lot of abuse. Physical abuse against their partners, domestic partners, spouses, girlfriends. But you also made another valid point. And because of that point you highlighted, nobody's really going to take the time to look into the NFL. And that is why um, if you're being guarded or guided, I should say, not guarded, if you're being guided from an early age, if your dream is to get into the NFL because you're looking at it as a means to an end, meaning you're able to get the money and then use it for something good whether it should take your family out of dire poverty or to set up businesses so that you can give others opportunities um take the guidance take the advice and protect yourself protect your prop your money protect your reputation because clearly they're not going to do it i know marlon had said um the other day that Technically, it's really not the NFL's responsibility. And I get it. But I see things differently. I remember saying, I look at, I look at the players as my investment. I'm investing in them and they are a part of my brand. They're the face of my brand. They are how I feed my family. They are how I keep others employed within the organization. So I would think it's only right that even though I'm not obligated to do it, but I would be so moved 
to help protect them by providing resources and tools to help them, to guide them, to help them walk the straight and narrow. Yeah, uh, I remember it, it was um, Malcolm X had, had a speech about, you know, like um, black men in, in sport. And, and in, the, in the speech, like he was warning them, like of becoming like puppets in sports and, and being famous in sports and, and, and being put on a platform to speak about, you know, black issues and stuff like that. Like uh, one, of, one of his famous speech. And it, 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 for me, like, I just have a problem with, like, as a, as a black person, I feel like sometimes you just, you just stay in your lane, like, because no matter how much money you make, you, you, with, with places like, with, with like the NFL and, and, and the, the, the National Hockey League or, or you know, you, you know that you're in, you, you, you've pushed to go into a sport, and you know, looking into the stands, that half of those people are racist. Like, people, people show up to, to games with Confederate flags, you know? People boo and people call you all type of um, thing when, when, you, when, when you try to protest for, for um, equality. You know, not understanding. I'm, I'm sure, like, if, if, ta if, if Brady, there's some issue... Um, in the community and, and Brady decide to, to protest in whatever way. It's not going to be the same energy like like what, like Colin Kaepernick and, and, and those other guys, you know, got. And for me, like, I understand, like, you know, like P.K. Subban and, and those guys, like, you grew up and, you're, and, you're, and you're, you like a sports and you want to play it. But it just, to me, like, to be like in a hockey ring and, and people hurling like the N-word at you, and and for your teammates have to come and to your rescue and, 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 and calm down the crowd and stuff like that. It's just I don't know, I just can't see like no matter how much money you make, how can you feel good knowing that like you're 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 performing for, for like you know like your masters and and, and they, they feel like they have the right to say anything or do anything to you. And you know like with with Donald Trump with the, the Donald Trump election and, and to see like all of those guys that supported him and all of those guys that 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 like um turned down Kaepernick and and you know even though like it's an issue where like they see like innocent people it's not like it's not like a man go rob a store and police shoot him and you can't say you know like this is not anything to protest about real issues where these players have brothers and and, 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 and and sisters and mothers and fathers who can be affected by this and you treat them like that when they're when they are playing and bringing in because the the, the NFL they, they make way more money than the, the, the NBA you know and these guys are bringing in money and this is how you treat them like no I I, I couldn't I, I don't support I don't support any of them hockey and I, I don't I don't really support it because I see the I see the racism I see, especially in hockey, and I'm like, no, like I, I'm not I'm not wasting my time watching that. So James, what would your recommendation to these young men be? And here's why I'm asking you the question: the majority of them are out of um, low income homes. Their parents um, have invested in them. 
make have made the sacrifices over the years in them from peewee all the way up for some of them because they look at it as a ticket out of poverty what would be your advice to those families who are depending on their child to um break the chains and to afford them a lifestyle that they have always yearned for what would you say to those parents and those children i don't know for me i think you know take the free education go to university um try to get into corporate because the reality is that the nba the the, the they're they're like less than 200 players in the nba that are making life-changing money um out of a population of over 300 million people getting in the nba just to get in the nba is like winning the, the lottery even if you get in the nba to be like a, a minimum like player like being on the bench and making like two hundred thousand dollars a year or a million dollars a year it's like winning the lottery much less to be like a lebron james or um a Steph Curry type player. And the same the same thing with, with you know like all the other sports. Like so you to me like the, the the probability of you taking the education, you know, going to university, taking the education and, and go become an engineer and become, you know, some make something out of your life is higher than making it to these um these leagues. And as I said, probably less than five percent of the players really make something out of their life in the NBA. Because people see like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Steph Curry, and they think, oh, this is the norm. A lot of these players, just look, how much of these players like Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson himself have to give these guys, some of these players, franchise of um, Starbucks. Because these guys play in the NBA and, and come up with nothing. And Magic Johnson himself as a, as a good human being, like, that was close to a lot of these guys, set them up with business, you know? So yeah, take the education, you know? Like the NBA, like I'm okay with the NBA. I'm okay with with soccer, even though like soccer um, in some countries get racist and stuff like that too. But the, the NFL and, and hockey just, you, you can see they're doing everything to try to keep black people out. It's almost like they're saying, okay, you guys take over track and field from us. You guys take over the NBA. We, we don't want you to come and take over hockey. Our, our thing. That, that's how that's it seemed to me. Yeah. Uh, go right ahead. Go ahead. In all honesty, um, I'm at my desk now, but in all honesty, when you speak about racism and Black America in sports, this is something that we have to walk in every day. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It may not be spoken as directly to us, but we all know it's there. Mm -hmm. We all know it's there. And unless you have your, even if you have your own business, mm -hmm. maybe you can decide what vendors you want to work with, but you know when you really need to make that capital, you're going to have to go with the well-known um, vendor. Mm -hmm. Racism exists anywhere, and we have to walk in it every day, yeah. despite what some people feel. So it's not just, you know, the athletes. It's in corporate America. Big time. Let me Thanks. tell you. Big time. Okay? Yeah. So I'll just yield my mic there. 
Thank you, Javette, because you, you echoed my thoughts exactly because that was what my rebuttal was going to be to James. Yeah. No even when you say going to corporate, it's there. There is a glass ceiling and the glass ceiling no longer applies just to women. It applies to your race as well. Right. Um, so what we have to do is know how to exist and understand that you know something have a plan have a plan number one you're not going to be in basketball or soccer or football or whatever sport you're not going to be doing it forever unless you're doing golf only golf has the old players have a plan and work on that plan before you even get there just in case you never make it there. As you said, um, James, it is like a lottery system. It is. And everybody who gets in is not going to make the vast amount of money that the few um, stars make, right? So have yourself a plan before you get there. Have someone look at that plan with you. What does it look like? Now you get there. Don't give up on that plan. Continue to work on that plan and fund that plan. Get it going. Just in case you get injured, because injuries happen. Some people are injured before they even get to go to an open seasoning game, a season opener. You get that um, bonus. That's what they give you when they recruit you, right? When they have the draft ceremony you get a bonus take that bonus and instead of running to buy a car which as you get off the lot the value drops immediately take that money and i'm not saying you can't enjoy a fraction of it but do not take all of it and be frivolous with it invest the money in your plan because getting that bonus check is still not a guarantee that you're going to make it on the field or make it period now let's say you're super talented and you become the face of the the team and the the um the league still continue to be smart because life can change in the blink of an eye today you're loved tomorrow you're hated Today, you're filling their pockets and tomorrow you have a bad day. You become a terrorist in their eyes. They love you as long as you are fattening their pockets. So be smart. We know that racism exists everywhere. We're not going to escape it. And if not racism, there is also discrimination. We're not going to escape it because all of us discriminate, right? But in the face of racism, you know they need you to be able to make their money. Okay, fine, go along with it. But come out with something. Have a plan. That's what I would say. Just like if you're going to corporate, you know the challenges you're going to face. Have a plan. Don't try to make it their, your forever place knowing that people don't like you. People are going to try to keep you down as much as they can. 
And even if they elevate you, they're not going to compensate you the way you should be compensated. Have a plan. Nurture that plan and bring that plan to fruition. That's my two cents on that. Yeah. Um. You, you, ever been, you ever been to a hockey game before or close to it? No, I've only watched it on TV. Yeah, like if like even even here, like when you go downtown to downtown Toronto to, to see like um the Maple Leafs play. Um when you look at in that vicinity, it's almost like you, you think that it's like it's like a a white supremacy march. You know, it's not diverse. And I'm okay with NBA and, and there are other sports. Baseball is a bit is a bit a, is, is a bit more diverse than, than hockey, but not as much. But to me, there's a something about, like, when I look at, like, P.K. Subban, like, that guy, trust me, like, I respect the hell out of that guy. Because when, when you look into, like, a, um, um, a, a, a hockey game and you, you see, like, 20-something thousand people, and like out of the twenty-something thousand people, maybe like nineteen thousand nine hundred of them are white, and this one black guy on the 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 the, the heist, like skating and and certain place that he'll go. I, I don't remember if it was if it was Boston or there, there was one place that he went and and they were chanting like some racist racist stuff at him. And it to me like you have to be mentally tough to deal with that because it's not like basketball where you look around and you see like your peers when you're in, when when you're in that ring it's you all by yourself and he he had to become like he's like the go-to guy now any black guy trying to get into hockey they go to pk for for like counseling and and how to deal with it so like i don't know i lift my hats off to him because it mentally that that cannot be easy but yeah like it it's it, it's crazy but you know, I guess, you know, you, you grew up and you like the sports and you want to do it and, and you push your way to do it, even though you know that you're not welcome, you know, so it's, it's tough. Yeah, it is. Thank you so much, everyone. Naomi Osaka launches media company with LeBron James to share stories on diverse cultures and societal issues. On Instagram, she revealed her media company, Hana Kuma, with a caption, I've built my career taking a different approach than those around me. And because my journey has been so different, it has opened my eyes to all the incredible stories out there that are not getting told. Stories that are global, about various cultures and points of view, about important social issues. That is why I am launching Hana Kuma, a media platform focused on stories that are culturally specific but universal stories that are bold and playful like me she added that she's incredibly proud of being able to build a business that is a true reflection of herself and she said i could not think of a better partner than king james to do this with i'm so excited to do this with him max carter and Stu Guid and uninterrupted and make spring hill can't wait to share our stories the media company is just one of many recent endeavors Osaka has undertaken, along with a skincare line and a partnership with Nike. 
And for our story, very good, Osaka. Make moves. She does, um, I think she supports an orphanage in Haiti as well because, you know, her father is, of Haitian, is from Haiti. Yeah. Good job. Keep going. Don't stop. Brazil judge probed for banning abortion for child rape victim. Brazil's judicial watchdog has launched an investigation into a judge who blocked an 11-year-old rape victim from having an abortion. Judicial and Human Rights Groups has called on the country's National Council of Justice to investigate Santa Catarina State Judge Joana Ribeiro Zimer after her decision was reported last week by the Intercept Brasil. Video of a May 9 hearing showed Zimmer asking the child whether she understood how pregnancies happen. The judge referred to the rapist as the father of the baby and asked the girl to hold on a little more to save it. The girl repeatedly said she did not want to give birth. A lawyer representing the girl told the Associated Press News Agency she was 10 years old when she was raped but turned 11 before she realized she was pregnant. That was in the 22nd week of pregnancy. The child's mother took her to a hospital in the city of Florianapolis to get an abortion, but doctors said they could perform the procedure only up to the 20th week of pregnancy. The family took the case to court within days, where Zimmer not only refused to allow the abortion, but isolated the girl from her family in a state shelter. In a statement, Zimmer said she will not speak about parts of the hearing which were illegally leaked. She also said she will remain silent about the case to assure the due and full protection to the child. While the country's health ministry recommends abortions be only up to the 20th to 22nd week, Felix and her lawyers have argued that the law itself makes no mention of a limit on when an abortion can be, for, be performed. Abortions in the country are only legal in cases of rape or when a woman's life is in danger, with both women and doctors facing imprisonment for having or performing the procedure in other cases. In 2020, the health ministry created new rules that require doctors to report to police anyone who seeks an abortion after being raped, regardless of the survivor's wishes. The regulations also require medical workers to show rape survivors an ultrasound of the fetus before a legal abortion. This is disturbing that a woman judge would hand down that ruling it's it's really disturbing she was raped at 10 years old and you're referring to the rapist as the father of the baby and for her to hold on a little more to save it denying her and her family the right to an abortion and then you don't only stop there you isolate her from her family and put her in a state shelter. So you, you, you're protecting the rapist and not the child. 
I could understand a male judge taking that stance, but a woman judge telling the child you were raped and it's okay that you were raped and you have to bring that child? A 10-year-old, her womb is not ready. The birth canal is not ready. She's a baby. Where is the compassion? 10 years old, raped, turned 11 by the time she found out she was pregnant when it was too late at 22 weeks. And then look at what they put you through. Look at what you put it through. Regulations require medical workers to show rape survivors an ultrasound of the fetus before the legal abortion. I don't want to see it. I've been raped. Why are you showing me the fetus with the hope that I will change my, have a change of heart? No. I think by showing me an ultrasound of a fetus that is from a rape incident is further punishing me. That's what you're doing. Talitha Sousa walked through the doors of Stylo Tattoo in Sao Paulo, hoping to cover up the scars on her forearms, a result of domestic abuse. Sousa, a mother of two, calls the abuse incidents where her partner assaulted her, pulled her hair, hanged her, and kicked her over a period of four years. Accidents. When we talk about domestic violence, there's a lot of stigma. They always try to blame the woman, Sousa told Al Jazeera. They don't think there are people who can hurt other people. Because he pushed me in 2017, the time of the latest incident, it was considered a fight. I was pushed out of the door. I tried going back in and he closed the door on me. The glass shattered and I ended up with 66 stitches and scars. So it was termed an accident, a domestic accident. Sousa heard about the We Are Diamonds tattoo project through another Facebook page where we help and advice was shared for victims of domestic abuse and decided she needed to cover up the scars to partially move on with her life. The project was launched by former law student Carla Mendez in 2017. Mendez started designing tattoos after she realized she loved being able to leave art on someone's body forever. In 2016, she said she went through a difficult period in her life when she was depressed and looking for something that would give more meaning to her career, and she found it through this project. Since the launch of the project, Mendez has served about 160 people. She still remembers her first, a domestic helper for one of her clients who had saved three months of salary to be able to get a tattoo to cover up a scar on her arm. Mendez does not charge for the, for the tattoos, the biggest of which would cost more than $2,000. But while the tattoos help in covering up the physical scars, her husband urged society to focus on more demanding issues in life. It's a great project because when you look at a scar, you are reminded. And there are a lot of people who have gone through domestic violence and domestic abuse who have scars not only on their bodies, but in their hearts and in their minds, forever scarred. So if we're able to ease the pain in some way, 
that's a good thing. But there seems to be a problem. The first story, 11-year-old, denied the approval for an abortion. And now we're being told where domestic violence is an accident. Brazil, clean that up. I'm not sure if it applies to all of Brazil or is it for those who are from the favelas, who are less fortunate, who don't have the means. Usually those are the ones who are affected by these grim decisions and grim laws that are put in place. Eight people who took care of football legend Diego Maradona will be tried in Argentinian courts for homicide, according to a court ruling following an investigation into his death by cardiac arrest in November 2020. On Wednesday, a judge ordered a culpable homicide trial for the eight who include Maradona's family doctor and nurses based on evidence that they had failed to take action that could have prevented the death. The defendants named in the ruling were Maradona's neurosurgeon and personal doctor, Leopoldo Luque, psychiatrist Agostina Kosachov, psychologist Carlos Diaz, nurses Gisela Madrid and Ricardo Almiron, and their boss, Mariano Peroni, and doctors Pedro Dispagna and Nancy Forlini. The defendants have denied responsibility for Maradona's death. The judge said lawyers for some of them had requested that the case be dismissed. Maradona died at the age of 60 while recovering from brain surgery for a blood clot. He had battled cocaine and alcohol addictions for decades. He was found dead in bed two weeks after going under the knife in a rented house in an exclusive Buenos Aires neighborhood where he was brought after being discharged from the hospital. Is it fair to blame the legal team hold them responsible? I don't think so. Any surgery is a risk. There is no guarantee. Any invasion is a risk. Having a child is a risk. So, so let me ask you a question. A woman has a child. She hemorrhages and they can't do anything to stop it. Do you turn around and blame the medical team for that happening? Do we take them to court? Do we hold them all criminally responsible in that situation? I don't know. Now I can understand if there's gross negligence where there is no um, effort to assist But we also have to remember that surgery comes with risks. I don't know. Take into account that he also battled cocaine and alcohol addiction. So that's in his system too. What do you then say? I'm not going to touch you? No, not going to do any brain surgery on you because... You have the blood clot, just let it take you out. And then you're told you're denying someone medical help. The medical field, you're caught between a rock and a hard place. For the good ones I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the corrupt doctors who are easily swayed by pharmaceutical um, companies. We're talking about those who do it for the love of it. How do you make decisions at times? 
you know, I step back and I think, and I'm to some degree, a large degree, the more I think about it, grateful that I did not complete my journey to med school. I wanted to do obstetrics and gynecology. Yeah, but you know what? I'm glad. Glad it didn't work out. Glad I did not pursue. Yeah. Sometimes I battle with the regret. But you know what? I'm thankful. Because it can't be easy getting up every day and to have to make decisions that could alter one's life. As well, yes, there is satisfaction from knowing that you helped to preserve one's life. But yeah, not for everybody. Not at all. Go ahead, James. More to it, you think there's more yeah, I think to there's it? something more to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think there's something similar to like the Michael Jackson case. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think there's something like that. Something like they did not follow like um procedure or something like that. Yeah, cuz I don't think like if it's, you know, like you know, the same way how Michael Jackson doctor was like, you know, registered legal doctor and everything to practice, but he did something unethical or did something wrong. I think it's, um, from what I can remember, I think it's something along that vein, why, why they are charging them. Thank you, James. And it's time for us to take another quick break. When we return, we have Believe It or Not plus entertainment news. Here is some music, some oldies. I don't know. I shouldn't call it oldies. You know what? Let me not call it oldies. It's throwback music. We're taking it back a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, yes. Oh. 
Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me and you're listening to Coffee in Tow World News on the go every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me Media Moments on Instagram it's Moments with me Media and on YouTube moments with me media like share subscribe and turn on your notifications it is hashtag tbt throwback thursday music in retrospect and now it is time for our believe it or not stories burkini swimwear and if for those of you in clubhouse just take a look at the top of the page um that's what it looks like Burkini swimwear banned in French city's public swimming pools. Hmm. Full-length swimsuits known as burkinis will no longer be allowed in swimming pools located in the French city of Grenoble following a higher court decision. And this is according to a news report from KDEN News 15. This news comes after several protests were held by Muslim women who live in the city. The protests resulted in the city passing an edict in May 2021, allowing the use of the swimwear. However, Grenoble's administrative tribunal overruled the move and the ban ended up being upheld by France's highest administrative court. The reason for its decision, the court claims, is due to trying to maintain religious neutrality, saying that allowing people to wear burkinis would infringe upon the equal treatment of other users so that the neutrality of the public service is compromised. I do not understand that statement. Sorry. It added that it originally allowed burkinis only because it wanted to satisfy a demand of a religious nature. The court also claimed that allowing burkinis to be worn in pools would go against hygiene and security rules. Isn't this kind of, not kind of, isn't this isolating one group based on their religious beliefs? Isn't this what they're doing? You know what they just said? It's like someone saying Black Lives Matter and someone then saying All Lives Matter. They just All Lives Matter these people. Yes, they exactly. did. That's what they just did. That That is Grenoble. Oh, Grenoble is a small town. I have been there. I am done speaking. Is it a beautiful town? It is absolutely stunning. 
it has this tram that takes you up to the very high mountain peak where you can picnic and walk around. It's beautiful city. Beautiful. I am. This is uh, a- but France, just FYI, this is not new. And I'm surprised you put it in, um, in, in um, believe it or not, because this is an international story. Um, judging. Um, <laughs> um, France has always had a huge problem with a Muslim community, and they have been trying to stop women from wearing the hijab. Hijabi women have been fought against in France for the last five to six years, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to remember when it started. Um, so this is not new. Um, just something I've been not focused on but paying attention you know what i mean yeah. like it's still my periphery i'm seeing that and i and it's like taking france down off my list of uh potential yeah. residents um that's uh, i'm not muslim obviously but it it just you try to infringe on people's personal their lives yeah that's infringing on their religious beliefs i'm not gonna wear hijab because that's not my life but if i went to a country where there are hijabs I am going to wear it because I am in their space. Right. You always say it when in Rome, as the Romans, as Romans do. do. All right, I'm done speaking for now. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you, Sonette. This and, and then here's the other part: go against hygiene and security rules. People are peeing in pools. What's more unhygienic than that? Ew, Michelle. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it's a bathing it's suit. It's a bathing ankle. suit. Look at any other bathing suit. It just happens to cover from ankle to head. Exactly. This mm. is it's discrimination. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I know yeah. it's funny moments. Yeah. Um, French, a lot of French people um, come to the Caribbean. And French, they like, they love um, diving and spear fishing, right? Mm-hmm. And when you go and dive or uh, or do spear fishing. You have one of those body suit that mm-hmm. look exactly mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, it's like a, a copy of that 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 <laughs> they wear. <laughs> so it's, it's that's ridiculous. <laughs> Come on, France, do better. Yeah, now I am not too fond of France anymore. You know what? And they do have a large Muslim population. Come to think of it, because a lot of Africans who are Muslim go to France. They seek asylum there and they set up the, their residence there. You know what? Come on, friends, do better. A Colorado man is now in custody for allegedly murdering his Walgreens co-worker. The alleged victim reportedly complained about him before being killed. Police in Colorado Springs have arrested 28-year-old Joshua Taylor Johnson after the body of 17-year-old Riley Whitelaw was found on June 11 in the break room of a Walgreens located on Centennial and Vindicato. Riley's body was discovered about an hour and a half after she did not come back from a dinner break. Johnson, who showed up for his first physical court appearance on Tuesday, is accused of blocking surveillance cameras and putting up a restroom-closed sign on the break room door before murdering Riley. State troopers found Johnson walking on I-25 outside Walsenburg after the incident. A year before her death, Riley complained to managers and police about Johnson. At one point, she even asked to be given a different schedule so she wouldn't have to interact with Johnson at work. Some of Riley's complaints about Johnson involved Johnson making advances towards her and Johnson appearing to act jealous when Riley's boyfriend started working at the Walgreens location. Despite her complaints, a document states Riley was told she'd have to work with Johnson. 
Johnson and Riley were working the same day that she was found dead. Johnson is being held in El Paso County Jail without bond on suspicion of first-degree murder. He has another hearing scheduled for August 26, CBS News reports. Can we normalize that if someone feels uncomfortable on the job working around someone else and they ask for a relocation to a different department or a different shift, that we honor that? Can we normalize that, please? Because when you tell someone no, you are forcing them. And yes, we can say, well, they can go find another job. Not always easy. We don't know someone's financial constraints and what their obligations are. But can we, um, to some degree, if a police report has been made, at least do the right thing by your employee. Do that. Ohio State University has officially registered a trademark for the word they, yeah, T-H-E, after a nearly three-year battle to clinch legal branding access to a word that's deeply meaningful to the school's overall identity. The university in Columbus will use the word they for branded products associated with the school and sold through its athletics and collegiate channels, OSU spokesperson Ben Johnson said on Wednesday, in a statement to CNN. They has been a rallying cry in the, in the Ohio State community for many years, and Buckeye fans who purchase official Ohio State gear support student scholarships, libraries, and other university initiatives. The university filed an application with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office in 2019 after fashion designer Mark Jacobs also filed to trademark the same word. Last year, the university and the designer reached an agreement that allows both of them to register the branded products for continuous use and license. Like other institutions, Ohio State works to protect the university's brand and trademarks because these assets benefit students and faculty and support our core academic mission of teaching and research, Johnson said. The university's trademark and licensing program generates an average of more than $12.5 million annually in revenue, which provides funding for university programs and student scholarships, according to the statement from Johnson. The university started using they with its name in 1986 when the institution introduced a new logo in the hopes of moving away from the OSU symbol, according to the school. The move was intended in part to distinguish it from two other schools with the same initials, Oregon State University and Oklahoma State University. The trend of emphasizing the word the, they, took off in the mid-1990s when the school wanted football players to use it while introducing themselves. It grew into a meme when NFL broadcasts featured clips of players saying their names and their alma maters. OSU alums emphasized they were from the Ohio State University. That OSU player intro was even parodied by Saturday Night Live. Wow. So you can patent the word they. Trademark the That's word crazy. <laughs> what can we patent in here? What can we I do remember um, moments. You can patent moments. I don't have anybody else say the word moments but you. And anybody else associated with you. 
But I do remember hearing um, the football players introduce themselves as I'm from the, and they always go to school. Like, see, that didn't even stick to me to school. I just always remember them saying the, blah, 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 blah. Wow. wow. Interesting. Interesting indeed. I'm going to patent. Wow. Yes, you better. You got you to beat me to it, ma'am. got to beat me to it. <laughs> And I just said yesterday, um, Javette, that I need to put your wow in an audio file so I can play it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we need we need to pattern that, Javette. Get busy, girl. Get busy. Don't let anybody else just take your wow. Who was it that patented something? Um, what was the statement? What's her name? When they did that MTV special. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Paris Hilton. What was her saying? And she had it patented and trademarked. Yeah. So. Where? Oh my God. Was it that one? Was I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just making fun of her. <laughs> what was. Oh my gosh. What was the thing? I can't remember. It's going to come back to me. But I remember when um, she said she was patenting. And everybody was like, girl, are you crazy? People say that all the time. But no, she actually patented it. And yep, she owns it. So. I need to think of something. The, a word, commonly used. Yep. <laughs> In entertainment news, Bill Cosby found a liable of sexually assaulting teen at the Playboy Mansion. In 1975, woman awarded $500,000. Disgraced comedian Bill Cosby was found liable on Tuesday in a civil lawsuit filed by a woman who said he sexually assaulted her at the Playboy Mansion back in 1975. The woman, Judy Huth, was awarded $500,000 in damages for emotional distress. Huth claimed she was just 16 years old when she and a friend met Cosby on the set of a film. She said the actor then invited them to join him at the Playboy Mansion days later. The woman testified that while at the mansion, she was alone with Cosby in a bedroom where he attempted, and I'm going to, let me say this right now, it's going to be a little graphic, so I do apologize um, if this triggers anyone, okay? The woman testified that while at the mansion, she was alone with Cosby in a bedroom where he attempted to put his hands down her pants. She said she lied that she was on her period in an attempt to get him to stop, but instead he exposed himself and forced her hand on his erect member, using it to masturbate. Cosby was not present at the trial, however, the jury was shown footage of the comedian's 2015 deposition where he denied Huth's allegation and said he did not recall ever meeting her. However, Huth's lawyer came with the receipts showing a photo of the two at the mansion. Huth said she filed the lawsuit in December 2014, years after the alleged lawsuit, after multiple allegations against Cosby from other women, triggered flashbacks of her interaction with the comedian. Cosby was released from prison nearly a year ago after his conviction was overturned by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. <sighs> There's no peace for him. Um... 16-year-old, what are you doing at the Playboy Mansion? Why would you go to the Playboy Mansion? Just wondering. And I'm not taking away anything that happened to her. Don't get me wrong. I'm just wondering, why would a 16-year-old be at the Playboy Mansion days after being on a set with Bill Cosby? 
Yeah, I, I think I have a problem with a lot of these stories because the, for decades, the Playboy Mansion, it's almost like everybody knew what it was. It's a brothel. But, yeah, but, but people, you know, pretend that it's something else. And yeah, yeah, you're right. What is she doing there? Like, there, there, there are cases of like 15, as young as 15-year-old young girls there. And I believe that like i don't know like if if it's possible that they're going to have to like dig up some grave and, and and charge everybody that set foot in that place but yeah like because they you know a lot of politicians been there you know like half of celebrities in hollywood have been there over over the, the decades you know so yeah they're gonna to have to dig up some some grave and and, and charge some people because yeah, it's been go- it's been going on for a, for a long time, and you know, it not until the Me Too movement came out, then people are are like acting surprised, like they didn't know that it was like a one of those like sophisticated, you know, <laughs> place of business. <laughs> it is a sophisticated place of business, but you know, you had parents who would drop their daughters off to the Playboy Mansion, right? You know what happens at the Playboy Mansion. Everybody knows what happens there. What you think is just to walk around and be <laughs> all cute? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think they they should be able to 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 press any charges when you go to that. You're in that place, and you know you know what it's all about. It's all about hookup, and you know you Hefner and and is dozens of girls and and. Yeah, all of, all of these politicians and, and, and things. And, and, and even the prince, one of the prince I heard went there to So yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, Playboy used to be in Jamaica, right? They used to have a club in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and, and they, they, wanted, they wanted Cuba at, and, and Castro, Castro wasn't having it. When Why Castro did they close there, down in Jamaica, James? Why did they close down? Huh? Why did they close down in Jamaica? Um, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure why, but I think I think they closed down before Edenism because it wasn't it wasn't because you know Jamaica like a so-called Christian country, and you know they didn't want those type of stuff happening there. So I think it, it closed down before you know Edenism kind of sneakily open open um, there and was doing their thing while people didn't know what was going on there. But yeah. Hmm. But a lot of those places, like I, I know, because I know that um, Americans used to go to Cuba first, because you know, like there was like Club Med. I think Club Med was one of the first ones. Mm-hmm. You know Club Med, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Club Med. I think was one of the first ones, and then Edo um, came after, and yeah. But yeah, it's 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 a sophisticated. Um, business dealing going on in those places so like the fact that the fact that i uh you have 15 year old and, and 16 year old young girls in there the parents should get charged too you know don't just charge cosby charge the parents that drop off these young girls because you don't go to a restaurant to to a buffet restaurant to just walk and look at the buffet you go to eat right yeah so right. if you're going so if you're going there you're going for a reason charge all of them <laughs> Playboy's first international property opening in 1965 was a lush island getaway in Jamaica.
In early 1964, Playboy was riding high on the success of its nascent network of clubs in cities as far flung as Chicago, New York, Phoenix, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and New Orleans, a veritable galaxy of nighttime hotspots. Business was better than good. The company's net sales and revenue topped $30 million, and executives continued to dream big. It was time for an international club, one that would add something new to the Playboy mix, overnight accommodations. For the first Playboy hotel, they turned their eyes southward. Mm -hmm. Jamaica had less than two years earlier transitioned from British rule to independence, and its young government was hungry for foreign investment. The gears started turning in Playboy founder Hugh Hefner's mind, and in January 1964, the company paid $2.75 million for beachfront property on the island's north coast. More than $1 million went into renovations to bring the resort up to Playboy standards. Bunnies were flown in from the U.S. to train locals in the art of the bunny dip, perch, and stance. It was Hefner's goal to eventually have a majority Jamaican staff. He also wanted to be sure they were taken care of. And the company boasted that new health and welfare benefits, which the club provides its employees, represent the first in a Jamaica hotel industry. The resulting slice of luxury nestled in the lush Caribbean rainforest just outside Ocherius was christened by the Playboy Club Hotel and opened to great fanfare in January 1965. The company flew in a stable of lucky journalists for the official week-long launch. Jamaican Prime Minister Alexander Bustamante attended opening night, as did official representatives of Queen Elizabeth II. With more than 200 rooms, 160 air-conditioned units in the main building, and 44 lanai rooms on the beach, the resort was set up to handle crowds. Guests were spoiled for choice of activity, snorkeling, scuba diving, boating, water skiing, and fishing in a cove known as Bunny Bay for an offer. There was also horseback riding, tennis, and shuffleboard, cruises in a glass-bottom boat, tours to the nearby Duns River Falls, a 600-foot-tall cataract, and the luscious Fern Gully, Dollar Bet Parry Mutual Goat Races, and for those who preferred indoor recreation, a full room service menu. Alongside regular vacationers, corporations including 3M and General Electric booked time at the resort, as did the entire officer complement of the USS Fairless, according to VIP magazine. Attendance was surely goosed by full-page ads in Playboy, which in 1965 had a circulation of 3.5 million. The warm reception for the Jamaica outpost kicked the company's confidence into overdrive. In the late 1960s and early 1970s, several huge hotel complexes went up in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, Chicago, Miami Beach, and Great George, New Jersey. Initially, the Jamaica and Wisconsin locations did well, but not the others, and it became clear that for all its glamour, the empire was overextended. As executive Victor Lowndes later recalled, I only wish Jamaica had flopped. If Jamaica had flopped, they wouldn't have made all those other big mistakes.
By the mid-1970s, the island's fortunes had shifted as well, the political situation increasingly unstable. In March 1977, the resort was shuttered, bringing to a close Playboy's dozen years of tropical paradise. Still, with all due respect to Lounge, the club saga is a reminder that Playboy would be nothing without big dreams. Yeah, so I have to make a confession. <laughs> I wish my father Remember was you're alive. on radio? I wish my father was alive so I could ask him about the Playboy Club because he was a member. Yeah, that's my confession. <laughs> when it was in Jamaica. Yeah. It was a hangout spot for a lot of Jamaicans. Don't be fooled. A lot of Jamaicans went there. Um, yeah. Is it the same spot that Edenism took over? I'm not sure. That's why I said I wish he was alive, that I could ask him. But I'm looking at the pictures of some of the girls um, from back then. Beautiful young ladies. Jamaican young ladies. Yeah. These weren't little yeah, girls. These were women. Yeah, because um, my boss used to own either um, John, John Issa. Mm -hmm. And yeah, some, some stuff... <laughs> Some stuff take place down there. <laughs> what happens at Hedo stays in Hedo. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah, it's some some crazy stuff take place down there. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yep. so yeah, so that's why I, I I honestly don't believe that you know Cosby should be getting sued for this because like everybody that set foot in that place because it's an adult place they 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 they, they adultery you know. <laughs> The, yeah, ones so no, in the, states, the ones in the States, I mean, th that California, it's California, yeah, that California location, yeah, was that, it's California, right? Playboy Mansion, remind me somebody. Yes. Yeah, California, that one was, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We'll just leave that there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We have made it to the end of the show. Um, just a little bit more music. Who remembers this one? Let's see. <sighs> I do it for the ladies, but I gotta keep a hood. Where we at, Polo? Hey! I see you, Ryan. Yo, kid, you was right. But we just getting started. Yeah, man. You see, you're searching for somebody that'll take you out and do you right. Thank you to all our listeners who tuned in on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon, QMZRadio.com, and JanoRadio.com. Of course, thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you were listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments on Instagram. It's Moments with Me Media. And on YouTube, Moments with Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notification bell. 
It's always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. And here's what's coming up later on today on JanoRadio.com. It's Blitz Thursday with DJ Lankimatic at 2 p.m. Eastern. Then it's Takeover Thursday with DJ Indu at 4 p.m. Eastern. And DJ Red's debuts musical chairs at 9 p.m. Eastern. So keep it locked and loaded. Download the app today, J-A-H-K-N-O-Radio.com. Available in your Google Play Store and your Apple Store. Doing it on purpose. Why did it work? Hey, if we close our eyes, it could just be me and you. Folks, tuned in on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Jano Radio. Jano Radio. We are, we are, we are online 24-7. We, 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 we hope you enjoyed the show. Bye-bye. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. Whatever you do, wherever you go, please be safe. Look forward to seeing you here tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern.